look who's here Fancy today. Fancy seeing you here in your home. Ah, so strange. What are you doing here? Living. Yeah. Surviving. Definitely not thriving. I was going to say thriving. No, certainly not. Oh, flirty, flirty, and thriving. (laughs) Barely getting by. Hey, everybody. I'm Latara. Hey, I'm Laura. And this is Passions Passions Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast where we watch the soap opera Passions from the beginning to hopefully the end. (laughs) If we we make it that far. I can't make any promises, though, man. I can't, but like, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we make it to the end because... Honestly, I don't know that I ever saw the end of this. Like the, I think I missed a lot of the last season. When I know it, I missed a lot of the last season when it moved to Directv. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, call, I called as much as I, of it as I could, but um, I know I missed a lot. And also, that was like 2008 was what 12 years ago, 13 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I don't remember that shit. It's been a minute. So today we are talking about episodes 226 through 230. So we're just, we're trucking along we here. We really are. Honestly, I was, I'm, as I was looking at the, watching the episodes this week, I was like, we are pretty far in. We've done a lot. And honestly, if we had started this format from the beginning, we would be super far along. I was mm-hmm. listening to old episodes and I, I had forgotten that at first we were doing one episode. One at episode a time. time and then two at a time. And then we were like, what the fuck are we doing? Just do the whole fucking <laughs> Just week. Do the week. <laughs> do the whole week. And that's where we are now. Yeah. You know, we're figuring it out as we go. We got it now. All yeah. right. So we're going to get started today with what? We're going to talk about troubled marriages. Sweet. So hold on to your Pussies. horses. <laughs> I'm always going to say pussies. <laughs> I see. I'm evolving. Instead of saying butts, I'm saying horses now. Hold on to your... Hold on to your horses. I'm over, uh, Maybe I should start saying titties. Hold on to your titties. <laughs> Don't want to lose a tit <laughs> during this, during this storyline. You're going to lose a tit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Troubled marriages. Eve retrieves a secret memory box from the closet and sobs while she looks through unworn baby clothes and listens to a cassette tape of her singing, My Baby's Gone. After her mini meltdown, she goes to the book cafe where Chad shows her a kindness she doesn't deserve. She goes home to cry over her baby box some more and calls the jazz club to make sure Crystal has left Harmony. TC interrupts her moment because she's needed at the hospital to deliver some girl's baby. That's what he says to her. Uh, <laughs> you wanted at the hospital to deliver some girl's She's baby. She's not a fucking obstetrician. I, I, anyway. But Eve doesn't deliver a baby. She talks to the young mother who is distraught by giving her baby up for adoption. TC lurks at the hospital and says some more dumb shit about how he always wanted a son. Then he decides to surprise Eve with dinner and jazz with the Bennets. Yeah. He's like, I gotta do a, get, give her a nice surprise. Yeah dinner with the same fucking people we always have dinner with at the same fucking place we always always go but you know eve's been into jazz recently so i'm gonna find this little club that she's never been to and we're gonna go there too i guess that's a nice surprise but yeah i guess it was weird that he didn't just tell her yeah that's and he like blindfolded her yeah (laughs) yeah the setup was really strange uh, is that it for Troubled Marriage? That's all I wrote because everything that happened between Julian and Ivy was recap. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I'm not going to say this for the umpteenth time. Okay. So I skipped it. All right. Cool with me. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about, let's, let's work our way through this really quickly. I want to talk about this memory box. Yeah. Th- what the fuck? Why does she have a bunch of baby clothes for a baby that, I mean, did she 
did she want to keep the baby and was forced to give it up? Is Th- that what we're supposed to glean from this? That's what this, it looks like, episodes? isn't it? That's yeah. what it seems. Like. I mean, I think she did want to keep it because she was saying, I was hoping for a boy. If yeah. she didn't want to keep her baby, I don't think she would be like hoping for anything. Yeah. She could- I'm hoping for a healthy baby. Yeah. For another family. For someone else. Yeah. So, so Eve was forced to give up. They're, they're trying to tell us baby Chad. Yeah. You know, right. They're like that's, to, that's, that's what, what they're, they, that's what they're trying to get that's us to the think. Direction they're pointing us in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's going through this box, but he, here's my thing. If you're trying to keep this, I mean, enormous secret. I mean, this is a monster sized fucking secret, a super massive black hole secret. Why do you have a box of random baby clothes that have never been worn with tapes of you singing inside of the box. I also, I love, I love that the song is my baby's gone and it's so fucking literal (laughs) instead of like, Oh, Hey babe. Like my, like the person I was with, like my partner that I loved, like it's just so literal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time, but I do love that song. I do too. It's a good one. But yeah, why would she keep that box? Why would you keep that box? And why would you keep it here? Like, keep it at your office. If you're going to keep it or in a uh, safety deposit box or something, don't keep it at your house. Keep it in your heart. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) If you don't want this secret getting out, keep it in your fucking heart. And it was so easy to find because (laughs) Teresa and Whitney find it later. Yeah. (laughs) They sure do. It's so ridiculous. So she's going through this box. She's crying. But she's like, at least I know Crystal's out of town. Crystal has changed her mind, though. Yeah, so. Crystal has changed her mind. When, uh, Eve's in for quite the surprise. Um, but so she goes to the book cafe, and she has a very odd interaction with Chad. She's, like, catatonic. She is there. Why And why is she there? I don't know why she's there. She's just there. And she's standing at the counter, and Chad's talking at her because she's not hearing a word or yeah. acknowledging anyone. I don't know. Did she wander there in a fugue state? Yeah, I don't, I think she went to the book cafe probably to like get a cup of coffee, clear her head. She probably went on a walk, ended up at the book cafe because there's only like three places to go in this town and everybody goes to this fucking cafe. So I understand how she ended up there. But once she's there, yeah, she's just staring off into space and saying nothing. And Chad thinks that she's just ignoring him. He's like, okay do you hate me this much i mean it's on brand it is it is on brand for her seriously um but eventually what happens eventually chad tells her that today might be one of the best days of his life but he doesn't get into the details that it's because he's going to find out about his birth parents and so she she tells him you know whatever it is you're expecting don't get your hopes up too high because it hurts too much when they're dashed and Chad is like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you're not talking about me. You're talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. He notes that he was like, Dr. Dr. Russell, you seem a little off today. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eve goes over to a table and then she starts to cry. And I do think, I do think Chad was like playing some music. I think part of it was that the music that was playing in the um, cafe reminded her of, th- I think he was playing jazz. Yeah. So I think that was part of why she was so despondent. And then, so this song was playing and she's like crying. Chad goes over to comfort her. He's so nice. He is such a nice boy. He goes and he tells her, um, it's clear that the song that is playing made her remember a major loss in her life and left a hole in her heart. And he tells her, you know, I think you like music more than you let on, Dr. Russell, but don't be ashamed of crying. 
he tells her, don't be ashamed of your feelings. Don't be ashamed of crying. Like, mm-hmm. he's so nice to her. I love After him. everything she has done and said to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I love. I love Chad. I hate how he has been treated by this family. Yeah. By this entire family, except for Simone. Mm-hmm. So she goes home after this conversation with Chad and she calls the jazz club says is crystal can I speak to crystal and the guy's like I think she skipped town <laughs> I think she found a, a gig that paid more she's not here anymore she she just didn't show up for rehearsal today so Eve thinks she's in the clear she's like thank god crystal's gone my my crystal's gone my crystal's gone oh, those aren't the right <laughs> notes but that's okay uh so yeah she stands around listens to this fucking music again and then she she is looking through her box once more and going through baby shit and she hears tc like bounding up the steps in the house and so she quickly puts the lid on and half hides it under the bed and he runs in and he goes you're needed at the hospital to deliver some girl's baby (laughs) i'm surprised he didn't say some sluts baby (laughs) you need to deliver some girl's baby (laughs) what a slut She's having a baby. I just can't. Some girl. I don't know why. It's just. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, but who says it that way? Some, some girl. girl. Some girl. Some girl's having a baby. And yeah, she's not an obstetrician. Yeah. I don't know what Eve is because they've used her as a psychiatrist. Now they're trying to use her as an obstetrician. She does like general shit. She was an ER doctor. Yeah. When Orville came in, she now she's working in the ER. Like there's different. If you work in the ER, you work in the ER, right? Like that's yes. that's your job. You're an ER doctor. Yes. What is Eve? She's nothing. <laughs> She's a fake doctor. <laughs> <laughs> she faked her degrees. Uh, what's the guy's name from Catch Me If You Can? Frank. Frank something. Frank something. That's her. Where she, he's, he, she, 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 she passed her MCATs and shit. And without, she's like, I concur. She has no fucking clue what's going on. She's guy, just wandering around the hospital going, I concur. Passed the Louisiana bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretended to be a doctor, pretended to be a pilot, actually passed the bar. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. But, uh, yeah. So she goes to the hospital and this young girl has delivered her baby already when she gets there. And so Eve goes in basically to just give her some comfort because she had to give her baby up for adoption. The nurse says to Eve um, before she goes in, she says, um, we don't think it's a, a good idea for her to even see the baby, which I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. This whole thing um, was very upsetting to me. Because it feels like this this woman, girl, I don't know how old she was supposed to be, who gave birth. It seemed like she didn't have any choice about anything along the way. And everyone else was making her decisions for her. And it made me feel extremely uncomfortable. Mm. Like, if she wants to keep her baby, that is her choice. Yeah. If she wants to give the baby up for adoption, that's her choice. If she didn't want to have a baby to begin with, then she should have been, uh, she should have been allowed to terminate. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, all of these... If she, wants, if she wants to give up her baby for adoption, but see the baby first, that's also her choice. You know? Like, I don't yeah. understand why these people are talking about it and not including her in it yeah that was a moment where i was like do do they get to decide it certainly seems that way but i guess if you have signed over your rights already then you don't get a choice yeah i don't know if she had done that yet or not that was so unclear yeah that it was it it was very strange but then she had a picture of her baby that she gave to eve right i don't girl (laughs) i don't get it this baby that she supposedly just delivered and had a, a photo of yeah 
so the whole the whole point maybe really, it was our ultrasound you think it maybe it was like an ultrasound picture? here please keep the, this picture of maybe. my ultrasound maybe that's the like that would make a little bit more sense because because it wasn't even a polaroid yeah it was like a developed photo yeah and it's the year 2000 so it's not <laughs> like they could just go print it out like you had to go get it developed for the most part yeah Either way, this was this was really supposed to be more of a device to teach us about Eve, mm-hmm. but but I didn't learn that lesson. I was I just I was had very quite, focused I, on this young girl. That's, that's the same. I, th- some girl really held my attention. I was just like, who is she? Let's follow her. <laughs> yeah. What's her fucking story? Exactly. How does she fit into all of this? <laughs> I was there too. I was like, who <laughs> is she? Her? Her? Because we know Eve. Yeah. But yeah, the, Eve does give her. She listens to her. She. Um, tells her not to hate herself that she did the right thing for her baby because this girl was saying you know I can't take care of a baby like I I had to do it mm-hmm. I had to give up my baby but it hurts and but and now I hate myself because what if he hates me when he grows up and all of this and Eve's like you did the right thing and don't yeah. you can't hate yourself for it and she says you know times are changing and one day you might meet your son and he might, and he will understand the choice that you made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they start, they, I don't know. Passions did what they could to dis- to discuss adoption in all of five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, and while all of this is happening, TC is just like lurking and standing outside the room, looking through the window and sees Eve comforting this girl. He says to Eve, I know it must be so heartbreaking because we never had a son and this young girl just had to give hers away. And again, I'm surprised he didn't just call her a slut. I wrote basically the exact same thing. Yeah. TC sees what's going on and makes it all about him. Yeah. And the fact that he wants a son. He's so. That's what he did. He's so terrible. And I was listening to old episodes like of the podcast recently, just like scrolling through, listening in to see where we, what we were li- talking about in certain episodes. And one episode I was listening to recently that was like, Man, TC's such a great husband. I love TC. He's so great. He's, oh my God, how wrong were we? (laughs) How wrong were we? Yikes. He's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. He really is awful. They're, he, they're all awful people. And then he sees that Eve is upset. He And he assumes that she's upset because they never got to have a son, but she got to have a son. <laughs> well, she gave birth to a son. She Yeah. And uh, he says, oh, I know what to do to cheer her up. And he goes and enlists Sam and Grace to go to the fucking lobster shack and then go to the jazz cafe. Gotta get a lobster to Uber. A, a fucking double date. Let's talk. Let's talk about this double date because while they're while they're at dinner, TC tells the group about Eve and her patient and what he observed when he was at the hospital when he shouldn't have been, and Grace starts talking about how hard it would be to lose a child and all this other shit. And it's like the guilt that these people are laying on Eve and they don't even know. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Poor I hate to say poor Eve because she sucks. But, but poor, poor Eve. Eve, we get a flashback where she is in the hospital sobbing, yeah. sobbing. She's fully in tears about and she's, she's saying, my baby's gone. And, and, and it's sad. She's like, my baby's gone. I'm never going to hold him again. So it's so what happened with Eve? Because she wanted to keep that baby. Yep. So what happened? I can't say for sure. Well, and then Grace says something about... um how every time she gave birth, because she has the three, that every time she gave birth, she was afraid that someone would come in and steal her baby while she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. So is that what happened to Eve? Mm-hmm. Did someone steal that baby while she was asleep? 
or while she was under anesthesia. I already knew what happened. Uh, it's also weird because they compare like having your baby stolen mm-hmm. to adoption. Like mm-hmm. they, they start doing some, again, passions is, is trying, but they're, they're missing the they mark. They miss the mark so much. Girl. <laughs> I'm telling the you fucking mark. later on, much, much later on, we get some like LGBTQ representation and they do it so terribly. Like the, re- oh my God, they do such a disservice. Yeah. Even, even at like 17, I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, I'm not a mother and I know that this is wrong. Having a, like a kidnapping and an adoption are not the same thing. And that's, th- I mean, yeah, well, whatever. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what becomes of them. Yeah. So yeah, they go to dinner and do all of this. Then. TC blindfolds Eve. He's like, I'm going to take you to a surprise location. And then they go to the jazz cafe. And when he takes the blindfold off, she is like, what the fuck? Where am I? (laughs) Why are we here? And then they go to the bar. And this was like my favorite. They go to the bar and the bartender gives Eve a glass of white wine. He's like, uh, here's a glass of white, white wine for the lady. And what do you, what are your friends going to be having? And TC is like, how the hell did you know my wife liked white wine? <laughs> Bartender's like, oh, she just looks like a white wine drinker. Yeah, because Eve's looking at him like, don't say anything. Because she was just in there. Yeah, like, like she, literally hours ago. Yeah. She was just in there and she ordered white wine. <laughs> and I just loved that the bartender was just like going with it. Yeah. He almost blew her cover and immediately was like, okay. I'm going to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> Better give me a good tip. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm earning my money tonight. Yeah. Um, I also actually, I want to say this thing too. Mm-hmm. Ivy calls while they're, while they're at dinner before they leave. Ivy calls and she's wanting Eve to give her a progress report on Sam. And uh, Eve slips away from the table and she says, I don't have anything to tell you. I don't know where Sam is, even though she's at dinner with him. <laughs> um, and Ivy says, if you don't get your act together, I will blow you out of the water so fast. And Eve just hangs up on her. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved, I love everything between Eve and Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's just, it's like literal sparks flying between yeah. these, these two women are so good. Okay. So we should talk about fate. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these two couples here. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I am now. Okay. Whitney and Chad are in the middle of a conversation where he's explaining he's not staying. He's not. He's not. He's not. <laughs> Whitney and Chad. <laughs> I am snot. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Whitney and Chatter in the middle of a conversation where he's explaining he's not staying in harmony for her. He's staying because he has a lead on his birth parents. He tells Whitney she must have jumped to the conclusion he was sticking around for her because of her own feelings for him. She says some rude shit to him before changing the subject to Ethan and Teresa. He believes Ethan needs to consider his feelings for Teresa, which has never been more true because Ethan is currently making out with Teresa in the park. Mm-hmm. When he realizes he's kissing Teresa and not Gwen, Ethan pulls away and apologizes profusely eventually literally running away from Teresa and his feelings. He talks through things with Sheridan while Teresa hatches a plan to shock Ethan into realizing his true feelings for her by listening to music at the jazz club. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk about Teresa. I, I just want to talk about Teresa. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love this fucking crazy, lovable lunatic. I fucking love her. She has just like made a plan and she's sticking to it. <laughs> and she 
knows that Ethan is in love with her. She is not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah. I love it. This whole scenario, like the whole imagine the woman that you love and they're making out. Well, he imagines her. He imagines he her. Ima- he ha- we have an Ethan fantasy for, I think, the first time. And it's about his wedding day. And he is marrying Teresa. 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 So, yeah, at the end of this, he pulls away. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Teresa, I'm so sorry. I had no business kissing you. Correct. 100% correct. You had no business kissing this little girl. Yeah. Okay. She's a woman. She a, is a woman. She's a woman. She, she said is, so to Pilar and her mother agreed. Hear me roar. So uh, Teresa goes, you have nothing to be guilty about. And then she like, um, I'm sorry. Then he like showers her with compliments. He's like, you're so warm and loving, Teresa. You're so forgiving. You're so great. You have such beautiful eyes. You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> you're perfect. You're beautiful. beautiful. You, you look, look like, like Linda Evangelista. Evangelista. <laughs> <laughs> He's just showering her in these compliments. And Teresa tells him, because he's like, I don't know what's gotten into me. And she goes, it's love. L-O-V-E. Love that's gotten into you. She says, you kissed me because you're in love. (laughs) And you just got caught up in the fantasy. And Ethan tells Teresa what happened in his fantasy. He tells her that he was kissing Gwen, but then Gwen turned into Teresa. (laughs) And then he says, I had no idea I was kissing you until I opened my eyes, which is a direct contradiction to what he tells her he was fantasizing about, you know? Like, he he's just trying to lie to himself and cover his tracks with this girl <laughs> oh child she so she subtly tries to get him because he, he he's still apologizing and Teresa's a little disappointed because he starts talking about Gwen he's like I love Gwen I do love Gwen he's like thank god Gwen wasn't here to see this yeah I would really have some splaining to <laughs> some do Lucy to do and um so Teresa's like subtly trying to get him to understand that it's that he he is in love with her uh, but he's not he's not going for it. He won't. No, Ethan. Ethan remembers the conversation from the group of episodes before where Chad was trying to convince him to, to think about his feelings and really considered if he has feelings for Teresa. So Ethan is thinking about this and he literally runs away. He literally runs out of the park because he can't confront what's happening inside of his little pea brain. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the fuck out of there and goes home. And calls Gwen <laughs> very guiltily. Like it was very uh, guilty. I love you so much. You're the only woman I love. I, can't I wait could to never marry you. I could never kiss another woman. <laughs> I can't. Ple- and he begs again. He begs her to come back. Yeah. He begs her to come back. And she just is like, nah, <laughs> which I get it. I get it. You don't expect your boyfriend to be making out with other girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it is absolutely not Gwen's fault that he is falling in love with Teresa. No, <laughs> but, uh, the way it's written, it seems like Gwen should come back. No, no, she's got a job to do. She's, she's doing busy. work. She's and her boyfriend her should have a little more fucking self control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say too, though, like it's, I don't understand why she won't let him come visit her. Yeah. Again, like, I don't understand. Yeah. That. that part is weird, but they don't really revisit that here. This is just Ethan being guilty. <laughs> yeah. So then they have this whole conversation about Teresa 
And he's saying, uh, he's saying that he really misses her. And he loves her, blah, blah, blah. And, and Gwen's like, oh, yeah, you, you miss me so much because you're spending all of this time with someone you don't love. And Ethan's like, oh, light bulb, you're right. I long for you because I'm with someone I don't love. <laughs> she calls, she calls Teresa a friend and employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been an employee. I've never been treated like that. I've never been no. taken out to, to the fucking ballet by no. my employer, <laughs> you know, compete, competed in perfect couple contests <laughs> with my employer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So many other things made out with my employer, had my employer rub his naked body <laughs> on me. I mean, I've, I haven't had that happen, but it's been close. I mean, I'm not going to get into like assault stuff that happens like in the performing world, but like I had some conductors be super and directors be super inappropriate and like not to the point where they're rubbing their naked bodies on me, but no. you know, yeah, some shit has happened. An employee. <laughs> uh, so Sorry, I was just, I was just like, I just had some like memories of a, of a certain uh, conductor. <laughs> yeah. All alone in the moonlight. I could Cats. smile on the old days. I was beautiful then. Oh, I still can't sing after this fucking COVID. All right. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, so that's what happened. Happen. That's what happens with Ethan. Let's talk about what happens with Teresa after this kiss. Okay. After K-I-S-S-I-N-G. So Teresa goes and tells Whitney, who's like in the middle of a conversation with Chad that they always have, except he's telling her, oh, I think Crystal's going to tell me about my mom. And and she's excited for him, right? Uh, She goes, gets Whitney. She tells Whitney, you'll never believe what happened. Ethan, (laughs) Ethan fucking kissed me like heavy. We were making out in the park. Horde. Like a couple of teenagers. <laughs> and uh, Whitney's response is like, yeah, right. He loves Gwen. And he only did that because you told him to, to imagine the woman that he loved. And then Teresa's like, yeah. But then he told me that I was in his fantasy. And then Whitney's like, he's only thinking that because Chad planted those ideas in his head. Mm-hmm. Like she just can't get on board with fate and real love and all this stuff. She, like, she, she refuses to believe it's true. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, be on Whitney's side only a little bit right here because if my friend was going after this man who had a fiance and like I wouldn't want any parts of it like no, I, I would be it. trying to pull her away from that as much as possible I was like this is not going to end well for you yeah but as a viewer I'm all on t- I'm all on board for Teresa I, t- I agree <laughs> with you 100 percent I agree with you. And after Whitney tells Teresa that it Ethan's just suggestible and Chad planted these <laughs> ideas, <laughs> Teresa's like, and? Yes, and? She says, you don't fall in love by suggestion. Like, the idea was already there. He didn't plant this in his head. He just is making him think about it and confront it. Like, Chad didn't make Ethan kiss me. Right. Which, which, is, which is valid. So now Teresa's got a whole new plan. And she says, we've got to, fi- I've got to find the perfect song to make Ethan fall in love with me. Once he hears it, he'll, he'll realize that he's in love with me not fall in love. Cause he's already in love. I want to, I actually want to talk really quick about a, another conversation between Whitney and Teresa. Okay. Bef- before her new plan, because, um, right after, right after this Ethan kissing Teresa thing, they start talking about Whitney and the fact that she doesn't 
want to admit her feelings for Chad. And Teresa pulls up a little daisy and plays the he loves me, he loves me not game with Whitney loves oh, Chad, yeah. Chad loves, she loves him not. Whitney starts talking about, you know, it's not fate, it's facts. And Teresa says, well, it's a fact that your parents might know Chad's parents. Like she starts and she starts talking about this stuff. It's like, what if when he finds out about who his birth parents are, what if your parents are already friends with his parents and they get along and maybe something could happen between you. You could spend time together and all this. And Whitney starts smiling to herself. She's all excited. Oh, maybe Chad will stay in harmony. Maybe my parents will approve of this person. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, we know Whitney is. Hmm. Whitney likes Chad, maybe even loves Chad. Yeah. Like, yeah, she just is afraid. Yeah. But I think that's another interesting hint. Like maybe his, maybe your family and his family could become friends. I was like, huh, okay. Maybe you have the same family. I don't know the answer. Uh, So, yeah, Teresa's got a new plan. She's going to find the perfect song. So she asks Whitney if she can look through her parents' uh, CD collection. So they go over to the Russell home and look through all that shit. Eventually, they find Eve's box. (laughs) They sure do. It's ridiculous because it's literally just poking out from under their bed. And, again, Teresa, they should not even be in that bedroom. They're look through all the cds in the living room and then Teresa's like doesn't your mom have some stuff upstairs and when he's like i don't really want to go poking around my parents bedroom and yeah and Teresa's like come on it'll be fine we'll put everything back and so then they find this box with fucking baby clothes in it that have never been worn and Teresa's like oh maybe these were your clothes and when he's like no this doesn't look like i don't think so like this stuff still has the tags on it yeah and uh so then they find the tapes And Teresa plays one of the tapes and one of the songs on it. She's like, this is the perfect song. (laughs) And she's like, I've got it. I figured it out. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the jazz club and have the singer sing this song. And we'll make sure that Ethan is there and it will help him realize that he cares about me. (laughs) And It's like, okay. So she, so then she rushes off to the mansion, to the crane mansion to ask Ethan if he'll go out with her and Whitney tonight. Yeah. So let's go over to the Crane Mansion. So first of all, Ethan goes home. He talks to Gwen. She's like, I'm not coming home and you can't come here. (laughs) (laughs) But I love you. Stay safe. And then then he has a conversation with Sheridan and explains everything that has happened between him and Teresa. And then he gets really defensive when Sheridan questions his feelings, which is reasonable. Like you kissed this girl. Yeah, I'm not supposed to ask you if maybe there might be something there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he gets like all defensive. I love Gwen. Gwen's the only woman for me. She's the only woman I could ever love. Oh, I want to make this um, this uh, point. I think in a earlier a couple of episodes ago, you were like, these two people don't like each other. I think it might have been last week's episode. These Gwen and Ethan, like, they just have great sex. But the thing is, I don't even know if they have great sex because they've never had sex with anybody but each other. Oh. I was thinking about that. I was like, they've never even had sex with other people. Just having sex is great, and so they think, Th- this yeah. is it. This, this, is, this what is what it is. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they even have great sex. Oh, yeah, because they were, like, high school sweethearts, weren't they? Yeah, they've been, like, betrothed since birth. Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Mm-hmm. A good point. But anyway, Sheridan's, like, questioning him, and he's defensive about it. He gets defensive, and so Sheridan 
stops pushing so much with her words, but her like we know exactly what she's thinking. She, we always know what Sheridan is thinking because Mackenzie Westmore is a good actress. Mm-hmm. So like her face is saying one thing, <laughs> but her words are saying another thing. They end up going to the park. Yeah, he storms out. He's well, like, he, I got to get some air. He so she follows him out. He cannot be in the same room with his feelings. So he mm-hmm. keeps running. <laughs> he keeps literally running away from them. And he runs to the park. <laughs> and he finds Teresa's scarf because she's she dropped it there. And yeah. he picks it up and like smells it. He's like, this is, this is Teresa's scarf. And then he tells Sheridan she's going to think that this is fate. Teresa believes in fate. And she's going to think that me finding it on this day of all days. Today of all days. The day that I kissed her <laughs> is fate. And Sheridan starts telling a story about a woman who lost her husband at sea. Girl, and I did I, not know what the I fuck was down. happening. I, said, I don't know what the fuck Sheridan like, is doing. What is this? <laughs> I did not take any notes on it. Cause I was like, Sheridan is on some bullshit. I, I, I don't know what she's talking about. I really was like, I have to ask Latara if I have missed something. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> Nope. Fast forward. <laughs> I was like two times speed. I don't know. It's like she, this woman who lost her husband at sea. Like, why are we talking about Davy Jones locker? Like what is waited, happening? She would long John silvers or whatever. Yeah, she w- the, the restaurant. No, it's a, that's like the guy from uh from Treasure from Treasure Island. His name's Long John Silver. Oh, okay. I was uh-huh. thinking, I was thinking Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, both of them th- yeah. in the well, whatever. They're all pirates. Anyway, <laughs> uh, poor yeah. pirates. P O O R. Poor pirates. P O O R. No one's gonna know that. Yeah, SpongeBob musical. Yeah, we'll see. It's so good. Well, the music is good. I, the soundtrack is great. Yeah, the I, show is was cheap. I think I think it's the proje- the production. Yeah. I don't think it's the actors or anything. No. Like I think it's the just the production. Yeah. But anyway, off right. topic. We're way off topic. Just like fucking Sheridan. <laughs> she did this. I'm talking about these fucking pirates. Look what you made me do. <laughs> Damn it, Sheridan. <laughs> Why are, you, why are you trying to ruin my life? <laughs> We're back to shitting on Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, he finds her scarf, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then Ethan like can't stop thinking about what Chad said to him about Teresa. And while he's thinking about that, because they go back to the mansion, Chad shows up at the mansion. Yeah, he wanted to drop off some CDs so Ethan could listen to some stuff and work on wedding music. Uh-huh, and... Chad says, I've got some radical tunes for you. <laughs> Y'all, the way they make Chad talk is hideous. Some radical tunes. Some radical tunes for the wedding. <laughs> and uh, Ethan's like, okay, yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him a listen and, and tell you what I like for mine and Teresa's wedding. And Chad's like, you and whose wedding? Gwen. I said Gwen. You said Teresa, man. <laughs> and Chad points out that that slip that 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 means something yeah he's like i don't know anybody who's getting married and loves someone and would make that big of a slip yeah that's a big slip and then chad's like let's listen to some music and and just like go with me here so he plays a song and he says close your eyes and imagine he, dancing with the woman you love. He does the exact same thing Teresa did. Yeah. It was like a guided meditation. <laughs> and then Ethan does the exact same thing where he has a second Teresa fantasy. Mm-hmm. Where he's dancing with Teresa. He is in love with her. He's so in love with her. Yeah. He's deeply, deeply in love with her. Yeah. Profoundly. Has he just never spent any time with any other girl other That's than Gwen? That's what he said. Remember, he was like, I don't even know any other I women. I don't know any other Remember? girls. Remember? That's yeah. what he said. 
he just doesn't know any other women. He's been forced to be with this woman and has been told that that's the woman that you love. Yeah. And he's a good crane boy and he's going to do what good crane boys do. Marry the women they're told to marry. Yeah. Man, he's dumb. But he's not even a crane. I, feel, I mean, I feel bad for him because he is so um, isolated, <laughs> but he's also dumb. <laughs> yeah. So Chad leaves and Ethan now can't get his mind off of Teresa. Ooh. Yeah. And then enter Teresa. She just walks right in and uh, she asks him because while she's walking in, he is saying out loud, out loud, I can't get my mind off of Teresa. <laughs> She walks in. Is this her? Is this a projection? Right. Is this a fantasy? An apparition? She's yeah. really here. <laughs> but she's really there. And she's, she asks him to go out with her um, for a night that's all about true love. Yeah. She uh, she comes up with this plot, in quotes, to, that she and Ethan want to put Chad and Whitney in a situation where they will realize their true feelings for each other. Um, but really it's all about her and Ethan. Right. Yeah. She's like, we're going to get Chad and Wendy together. What, what do you think I was talking about? Their true love. That's the true love I'm talking about. Okay. So she asks him to meet her at the jazz club and he agrees. Yes, he does. And then he starts to talk about Gwen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's just trying to convince himself that he gives a shit about Gwen. He starts talking about Gwen and he says to Teresa, I hope you find true love. <laughs> I, I'm starting to be honest. I know we've like sh- have shat all over Ethan so much, but I am starting to like like Ethan. <laughs> I'm starting to really like him. I'm liking the journey he's on. Yeah, but he he's we need a redemption arc. I I I think there I think he's on his redemption arc. I think he's begun it. Yeah. And I'm liking it. We'll see what happens. I'm enjoying it. I look how big I'm smiling. Like, but Ter- Teresa and Ethan are like my favorite. Aww. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. So that's it for them. Yes. Until that's, we go to the jazz club. That's it until we get to the jazz club. So you ready to do a little listener mail? All right. So we had a message from a listener named Larry. Hey, Larry. Sup, Larry. And he said, I just finished catching up on the podcast. Wow. Y'all had some strong reactions to Louise kidnapping Sheridan and understandably so. Thank you. (laughs) Without spoiling anything, he redeems himself eventually. That's all I'll say. I am so glad you and your friend are doing this podcast. Y'all make it so entertaining and I find myself laughing a lot. It's the only podcast I listen to and listening to it makes me want to go back and start watching the show from the beginning again. Oh, you should. I love how in depth y'all go into it. And then he he said, I'm glad you're over COVID. I hope you're not experiencing any after effects. And then we talked about that a little bit. So thank oh, you. Thank you, Larry. A very sweet message. Oh, that made that just made my heart sing because I hadn't seen it or read it until just now. That's my first time hearing it. Those beautiful words. Isn't that thank nice? Thank you so much. Like the only podcast he listens to. Is us. It's so sweet. It's amazing. And it's he, incredible. And we're, un, uh, we're entertaining. They, uh, yeah, no, very, very nice message. Yeah. So thank you, Larry. And thank you for, for letting us know that Luis will be redeemed. I kind of figured he would be. And understanding that we're not crazy for thinking kidnapping is wrong. <laughs> not just kidnapping. He chloroformed her. Yeah. That, I feel like that was the step that really, like, that was the line that I was like, damn it, Luis. <laughs> like I, he, like, premeditated, bought or made chloroform. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> in Paris he doesn't speak French he doesn't speak the language he managed to get or make chloroform (laughs) in Paris anyway all right so we've got another email from Zach 
The subject is alternative perspective on Luis and Sheridan and Ethan and Teresa. Ladies, I was shocked at how angry you both were with Luis. <laughs> Look at it from this perspective. Yes, Luis went to extremes and technically committed technically committed kidnapping but if he'd left Sheridan behind Antoine would have put a bullet in her head she would have been dead before Luis's plane left Charles de Gaulle airport he legitimately saved her life if he'd shot and if, if he'd shot Antoine Roger or Pierre to protect Sheridan would you call him a murderer probably yeah well that's what murder is I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a good different reason. Different levels, but, but yeah. I mean, it's still like second degree murder. <laughs> <laughs> Manslaughter at the fucking least. At the least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, 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 wait. Where was I? I was very sorry. Okay. It's the same concept. He kidnapped Sheridan to keep her alive. Take the reason she was being stubborn and resistant to going back with Luis because she still thinks he said those awful things that the imposter said. For me, it was the repetitive arguing on loop that drove me crazy. And I agree wholeheartedly uh-huh. that was irritating yes. as a motherfucker. Um, as for the wedding plan, oh, as for the wedding planning benefit, to me, it sounded like one of those events where caterers, florists, dressmakers, various wedding vendors gather and display their products for couples planning weddings. The whole perfect couple contest didn't bother me near as much as it bothered Laura, but I'm not virulently anti-wedding like her either i saw it as silly and fun and a way for my dum-dums to grow closer <laughs> i think latara was on to something when she said ethan was starting to realize his feelings for Teresa. whatever the zone between subconscious and conscious is that's where ethan's at it's not simply subconscious anymore but he hasn't realized that he's feeling something and actively denying it yet i think the writers did a very good job with this story thus far zach okay so Let's unpack. I have there's a lot. There's a lot. Let's unpack Zach. So Zach. Um I I get where you're coming from. Like a wedding depot event where vendors are sharing their 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 stuff is one thing, but to try and say that it's a benefit is an entirely different thing. And that's where those two worlds don't really collide. And that's where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Also, I the the what what it was for me, I mean, it could be a benefit, whatever, but what it was for me was like, what is this contest? What is the what, where are the vendors? Right. Where are the where vendors? Where are the vendors? Right. <laughs> what, right. What is this? Like it's a, it's actually just a contest between these couples. There are no actual vendors. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It was. It, it, I again. I like Zach. I didn't hate it as much as you. Hated oh no, it. I hated it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I didn't hate that as much. And as I you understand hated that's it. because of my own bias already. So I I get that. But but um yeah like it's. I, I, and I, Zach, I, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> like, but it doesn't, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> like yeah, the, no, I, I mean, <laughs> also like, let me also say I moonlight as an event like worker. So like I've worked many events, like I have many, many events. Like I under, I know what goes into those things. I, it was dumb. <laughs> it was dumb. I, it was dumb. I, yeah. And I, again, I didn't hate it as much as you hated it, but I, my whole thing was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> It was so, it was just so contrived. I was just like, okay, mm. this is, the, like he said, it was a way for the dum-dums to get closer. And it was. And it worked. And, and it that's worked. exactly what it did. It was, it was a dev- a plot device dreamed up by these writers <laughs> that didn't make any fucking sense. But at the end of it, we achieved the goal of putting these two idiots together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We gave them a space to, to fall in love. And, the, and, the, and they did. And it worked. And it worked. And it so. worked. So, uh, Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Sheridan and Louise, because I will die on this hill. I know. <laughs> um, there are many, many, many steps and many choices that mm-hmm. could have been made. I have two things. There are many choices that could have been made between Luis letting Sheridan be alone and get shot and killed in Paris versus Luis kidnapping Sheridan. There are many, many things that could have happened. He could have called Sam and said, this is what's going on. I need more time. He could have involved Interpol. Instead of the, just the Parisian police, he could have gone with the international group. He could have ensured that Sheridan got private um, protection, which she had already been talked about. She had already been talking about. There are a lot of options. The easiest option is he could have just been easier. I mean, he could have just been nicer to her. Yeah. Like he had he been just a little bit nicer to her, she would have listened to him. Yeah. 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 He didn't have to be a bully about it mm-hmm. because he was being a bully about it. The second thing that I want to say is that passions is retroactively rewriting the story where Sheridan did this to Luis arrest got him arrested for kidnapping because she's mad at him for what he said on the pier right that is retroactive she was upset for what happened at the pier and went to Paris and then he kidnapped her and she said I'm mad at you because you kidnapped me and then 10 episodes later she's saying actually it's not that he kidnapped me it's because of what happened at the pier they rewrote that yeah, I think it was always supposed to be like that, though. Mm. And I, I, I think it was always supposed to be from because from the very beginning of from the time he was arrested on, it was very like, why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I agree. I agree that it, they did rewrite rewrite it, and mm-hmm. that if it were me, if I was Sheridan, like, no, I you got to re- like this is just extra like i'm yes i'm mad about the other thing on the pier but you kidnapped me and that's a crime well they literally said that she said you kidnapped me it's not okay you need to learn your lesson like you that you can't just do what you want because you have a gun and a badge yeah you can't just do what you want because because you've decided that you get to do that to me like she literally said that yeah like 15 episodes ago i think for me i think the fact that when he was arrested and they start to book him and do all the things that she was confused by it and was like, Oh, what are you going to, what happens now? And she was shocked that he goes to jail for international kidnapping and trafficking. Right. Um, I think that to me was, did kind of signal that it was her reasoning behind it was more petty Mm. because for me, like if I'm, having you arrested for kidnapping me chloroforming me of course i know you're going to go to jail Mm -hmm. i'm expecting that right right Right. like you're my assailant i'm a victim i don't want to see your fucking face again right you know so i I think there's i i do think that the writers early on made it maybe not like crystal clear that that's what it was but that 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 definitely was in there that she that this was part of her anger at him for what happened on the pier with the imposter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I l- look like the show is obviously going to fix it. Like they're going to, they're going to redeem Luis. Like they I already redeemed him yeah. with his shirt off. They're, I- they're going to, do- they're going to do it and it's going to be fine. And, but I, we're talking about it as we go. Mm-hmm. And as we went, like that was a big fucking problem no, in those episodes. It was a big problem. Like yeah. I was pissed too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm but, going, I'm trying to go with the flow now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm many people have said, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And I know it's going to be okay, but like, we have to have something to talk about. <laughs> I also think, I also think that this is going to come happen multiple times. Yeah. I, actually, I happen to know that Luis does not only kidnap Sheridan once. Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the, you know what? This is why he, he, both he and Teresa are what was it? Uh, lawful evil. Lawful evil because they want it. They're trying to do the 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 right thing the wrong way but they're doing it the wrong way exactly (laughs) all right let's move on okay so while we're on the subject i guess we should probably uh talk about shoeys let's talk about these assholes no i'm kidding they are assholes (laughs) they are are. they're assholes to each other um i feel like they're both good people but they just like do not hear what the other person is saying Mm -hmm. to them like they are filtering it through their own like perceptions, whatever. Okay, so let's talk about Shuis. Sheridan unexpectedly runs into a shirtless Louise at the Lopez Fitzgerald house, and they recap slash argue. When she returns to the Crane estate, Julian tries to convince her not to hash things out with Louise. She talks through things with Ethan, and the two of them both worry what the outcome will be with Julian running the show. And they should worry, because Julian is currently with Louise and Sam, making one heck of a deal. Ethan offers to make some phone calls to see about dropping the charges against Luis when he discovers Julian has beat him to it. This makes the hairs on the back of Sheridan's neck stand up and she confronts her brother who tries to manipulate her. Meanwhile, Hank basically does the same thing to Luis. On a side note, Roger has not given up (laughs) on eliminating Sheridan. No. Antoine has just arrived in Harmony on a mission to murder the American princess. Insane. 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 I love this storyline. It's a mess, but I do love it. Insane. (laughs) All right. So, yes, let's talk about, first, let's talk about the fact that Julian and Alistair are like on the phone at the mansion really quickly. Let's talk about this. Yeah. And they're talking about how they need to make sure that Sheridan never figures out who was behind their breakup. Like, what happened, right? Mm -hmm. Sam stops by and to plead Luis's case and see if Julian can figure out a way to have the charges dropped and nearly catches Julian with that fucking mask. Well, it's perfect because Alistair says you, sh- you especially shouldn't underestimate Sam. Mm-hmm. He's a smart man. And then Sam walks in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Julian is fucking around with that, that creepy mask. He's such an idiot. Ooh. He's such an idiot. God, I can't stand. Like, get rid of that mask. Put it in the fucking safe. Do something with it, but not this. Cut it into tiny pieces and throw it away. Get rid of it. Yeah. Why do you have it? You're a billionaire. If you need it again, make another one. Seriously. Unbelievable, this idiot. And we know the imposter is still hanging around. We ran into him at the jazz club last time Julian yeah. went. And I want to say that um, when Julian went, also Tabitha made the point that she thought he was Luis. Yeah. She saw him and was like, same height, same Luis build. Lopez Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And so I think anybody else in town who, who sees him, they're trying to make it seem like he looks a lot like Luis without the mask. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm, there's that. There's so that little that mask and that man need to disappear. Seriously. And Julian's just trotting them around like it's nothing. And why doesn't he just pay him to leave? Seriously. Remember, like get the fuck out of town. He paid off not Martin right. for years. Yeah. Get the fuck out of town. So uh, anyway, Sam comes by. He tries to get Julian to drop the charges. And he's like, nope, not happening. (laughs) Not happening. He's very resistant to it. He says some awful things. And uh, Sam gets pissed and leaves. We also learn that Sam put up his house as collateral for the bail money. So so now there's more stuff wrapped up in in, um, the the Lopez Fitzgeralds versus the Cranes. Yeah. So let's go over to the bulk of this where Luis and Sheridan are fighting mm-hmm. in the backyard mm-hmm. and Luis 
is oiled the fuck down. <laughs> oiled to the gods. Oh my god, he looks so good. I mm, I could just fry him up and eat him. Oh, damn, he looks so good. I said, you are forgiven. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I mean, not really. Like, you still gotta do a little bit more, but not much. <laughs> just keep mulching. Yeah, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so, they're having this argument. And Luis demands to know why Sheridan suddenly became resentful of him and changed. What the hell did I lie to you about? Because she's like, you lied. Yeah. And he says, you know, you're taking food off of my family's table to satisfy some childish vendetta. And I don't even understand why. Mm. Like, you won't tell me what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And then she actually says to him that she did have him arrested for something that happened before she left Harmony and then she prepares to tell him the truth she's going to tell him the truth so it does come out and like you said they are rewriting this Mm -hmm. as if the reason that she actually ended up having him arrested was because of this all this shit that he she thinks he said right and um but just as she's about to come clean completely Sam shows up fucking sam sam with the timing yeah also you know take your shirt off (laughs) what are you doing what are you doing what are we doing here buddy? it's a hot day what are we doing here buddy yeah take your shirt off yeah join the club (laughs) he's so hot too (laughs) i'm uh, you know what i've said it so many times but this whole cast is just it's unbelievable that they have assembled so many good looking people in one place and that the world didn't explode. So beautiful. And I think I said in the post show last time about Hank and you were like, he's not a bad looking guy. And I was like, yeah, but all of his scenes are with Luis and Sheridan. And if you're standing next to that God and goddess, fucking Aphrodite over here, like you are going to, you are going to look like troll toll. You're going to look like a pimple. Got to pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. (laughs) (laughs) Got to pay the The troll troll toll toll. to get in. <laughs> That's an always sunny reference if you know it. Oh my god. Uh so anyway, yeah, they're beautiful. So Sam shows up, bat terrible timing. Mm. Uh and then Sheridan leaves. She she leaves and goes to to talk through things with Julian of all people. I don't know why, but she's talking about what happened with Luis at his house. He 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 has the same conversation. Stay away from Luis. He's a horrible man. He is using and abusing you. Uh, and she says, the only way I'm going to get real satisfaction from this is if I confront this person. Because mm-hmm. I tried ignoring it. I tried leaving. like, And it keeps resurfacing. So I need to do something and, con- and confront Luis with the truth. And Julian runs out of the office. He yeah. pulls an Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> he runs away. He's he like, just, no. Uh, and then literally runs away without saying a word. Out, just dips out. It's so suspicious. How has she, I, I just don't know how Sheridan has not really caught on that something else is going on. And she knows that Alistair and her brother are doofs. Like, she fucking knows. I, don't, I just, he just ran out. And where did he go? He went to Luis's house. Yeah. Where he runs into Luis and Sam and is like, hmm, I have a deal to make yeah. with you. This, you know what I really fucking loved about this scene? He knocks on the door. Luis opens the door and won't let him come in his house. Yeah. I fucking loved that. He was like, if you got something to say, you can say it on the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> and my, he was like, my mama's not here. She's probably scrubbing the floors at your house. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're doing here. I do love what happened beforehand, though, because Sam is talking with Luis before, right before Julian shows up. Oh yeah. And he says, look, like you're in trouble. 
but everyone on the force does support you and we believe you, but like, you need to tell me what happened here. Did you chloroform Sheridan and lie to authorities about your relationship? Nope. And Louise is like, yeah. And Sam's like, that is a crime. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Sam really kind of took him to task on the, on yes. these things. Cause there was a couple of things where he was like, did you really, and he's just like going down these sordid details. Like, did you really do this? Did you really do that? And, um, he, uh, Sam's like, that is kidnapping. He said, it's, he says that is a crime. And Luis says, well, I didn't victimize her. So that's okay. And Sam says, chloroforming her and kidnapping her is is victimizing her he's like that is a crime he's like look we i understand that you did it for reasons that you think you had to but what you did is actually legally wrong thank you sam (laughs) sam's on our side (laughs) sam is daddy sam is daddy zaddy happy zaddy's day (laughs) oh we should have done a happy father's day we should have oh no we missed missed it next year i mean sam's the only dad on this show that i care about tc i hate Julian and Alistair, I hate. Alistair, happy phone day. Yeah. <laughs> and Luis isn't a dad. Happy phoners day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would just be a picture it of Sam. It would just be a picture of Sam. That's what we should have done. Sam is daddy. <laughs> happy happy Father's Day. Sam is daddy. Uh, next time. Oh, well. We'll forget about it next year. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Um. Also, I hate, I feel bad because for Mother's Day, I like sent my mom a whole thing and like sent her a card. And then for Father's Day, I like called my dad, <laughs> which uh, I called him. Yeah. But his birthday also was like two weeks ago. And I sent him stuff for his birthday. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, it's a lot. I mean, OK, I said I always send my card, my my parents like a virtual animated card oh. with like, you know, and like a phone call and that's kind of that's like what i can do i just remember a few years ago my dad was like yeah sometimes i do feel like why why don't my kids get me stuff well you know what as a person whose birthday is 10 days before christmas like your shit gets wrapped up together if there's a holiday near your birthday it happens yeah and that's just what it is yeah so anyway that's enough about father's day father's day that's enough about sam day sam's sam is daddy day um so yeah then after uh, Luis and Sam have had this conversation, Luis is being told that he was wrong by a man. N- now he's being told by a man that he was wrong. He accepts it. And the other thing is that Sam says the cranes are not going to let this go. He's like, what you did is to, is a crime and the cranes are going to bury you for it. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to rest until you are destroyed. So this is kind of what's in Luis's head when Julian shows up mm, yeah. uh, to make a to make a deal. Yeah, so he he comes over, and Julian explains that he has connections in high places, and maybe you should let me in your house because maybe I could do something to help you out. And Sam stops him and says, I was just at your house. What has changed? Mm-hmm. I asked you, and you said flat out and absolutely not. No, hell no. You put me out. Like, no, you had a problem. Now you, 10 minutes later, now your attitude is changing. You're changing your tune. Why? 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 Oh, SpongeBob! <laughs> Why? Um. So, and Julian Julian doesn't really give much of an explanation. He just says, "In exchange for making the charges against you disappear, I need you to promise to never see my sister again." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Think of it as getting something for nothing." <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it really reminds me of a uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, I'm coming and make this deal with you. 
And like, yeah, maybe later on down the line, if you have a baby, like, I don't know, maybe you have to give it to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're, it's that thing where it's like, you're just, you're kicking it down the line and, and you can't see that far into the future. So you're like, okay, this is, this will immediately satisfy my need. So, yeah. so yeah. 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 Anyway. So, or you just have to, it's Rumpelstiltskin's whole thing is like, you need to know my name. You yeah. have to know my fucking name. Yeah, if you, know, if you learn my and name, like, oh, then... Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I can figure that out. No yeah. no problem. And then 30 years later, like, what was his name? And now I have to give you my fucking baby. Yeah. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Anyway, that's a weird story. Rumpelstiltskin. That's such a weird name and a weird story. Yeah. I wonder what those origins are. Is that a grim? Is that a grim that. fairy tale? It might be. It sounds. It kind of seems like one. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. He says you just have to stay away from my sister. Also, don't tell her we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> also, like nobody can know what has happened here. That basically he says. Um, and Louise stands up to him at first, and he and he refuses. I'm not going to let him win. He says, "My father lost to the Cranes. They've broken my mother's spirit. I've stood up to them all these years, and I won't let him tell me who I can and can't see." Mm-hmm. And I I liked it. I he, liked that little speech. I did too. But then Sam, who did not like the speech, pulled him away and was like, "Look, man, <laughs> this is the best offer you're going to get." <laughs> and like I, from what you have just told me. You are going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble. Take the deal. And Luis does. Yep. Tan- Luis he, takes he, the deal. He takes the deal, agrees to the terms. And then Julian adds one caveat. You must keep it. You mu- What does he say? Luis must keep what happened here today to himself. Mm-hmm. No interviews, no talk shows, no media. And Sheridan can never know about the arrangement. Yeah, like the whole thing can never be disclosed to anyone, especially Sheridan. Except then Luis immediately goes and tells Hank. Right, right. <laughs> Immediately goes and tells Hank. Oh, and the thing is, uh, if if it comes out that Louise talked at all, the charges will be reinstated. Mm, so yeah, he says from this moment on, you will forget that Sheridan even exists. And Louise is like, no problem, no problem. Let me go tell my good buddy Hank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So me- meanwhile, in Paris, I just want to say this: <laughs> in Paris, Roger and Pierre like enter some kind of storage room to hide out. And then they talk about Interpol and how uh, they're chasing them down and that he's not done with Sheridan. He's like, uh, now that Sheridan's all the way in the, Pierre's like, she's all the way in America. How can we get to her? And Roger's like, oh, we will find Sheridan and get rid of her. He says my favorite line, which was, Mademoiselle Crane is finished. They just will not give this up. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Why is Roger hot? I <laughs> I disagree. Like I, I, I was like, why is this man hot? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't see it. Like I, 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 I see it. Hot. Like I feel like hot is a stretch. Okay. All right. Attractive. Okay. He's like an attractive villain. He's like an yeah. Maybe that's but yeah, yeah. He's an attractive villain. He kind of like, like when a, like when a attractive man is playing Scorpio and you're like, I shouldn't be into this. Yeah. But I am. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> So I guess I get it. I get it. Va Tosca. Yeah. Like I told, I, I was like watching this. I was like, what's, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, I, I also n- noted that Roger tells Pierre that his sources say that the cop who saved Sheridan's life in Paradise will not be looking after her in harmony. So does Roger work for Alistair? Who are his sources? Who are his sources? How does he know this? This fast. That quickly. Exactly. Like he, it has to be someone. It has to be Alistair. There's no other way. I don't know. I don't Who know. Who else could it possibly be? Hank? I don't know. Hank? But Hank doesn't know. 
yet. Or does he? Well, I think I think the reason Roger says she won't be he won't be looking after her is because he was like in jail and she had him arrested. Uh, I think that was like the whole thing. Oh, not about this deal with um, Julian. Oh, I don't know. Though. I thought it was about the deal with Julian. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I just assumed it was because of the the fact that she had him arrested. Oh, and that he okay. probably assumed he was still in prison. I 100% thought it was because of the deal that had been made with Julian. Mm-hmm. So I was like, are the cranes involved with Roger? Because how twisted would it be that they're trying to get their daughter, sister, murdered? murdered. Yeah, murdered. right, right. Well, Alistair did say he would sacrifice anybody, including Sheridan. That's true. He said that That's... to protect the crane name. Anything for that? That crane name. But I don't think this is quite connected in that way just because it would splash the crane name across the papers, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. murdered of the American princess murdered (laughs) by drug cartel. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay. So where are we? We are, uh, we're at the youth center where Luis has gone to tell Hank about all the things he wasn't supposed to talk about. Yes. Mm hmm. And, uh, that's it. He tells Hank all the things he wasn't supposed to, wasn't supposed to tell Hank. And Hank accuses Luis of having feelings for Sheridan again. Who cares? Who cares? Who fucking cares? Like, he, yeah. He accuses Hank of, I mean, he accuses Ju- Jesus Christ. He accuses Jesus Christ. J'accuse. J'accuse Jesus. He accuses <laughs> Luis of having feelings for Sheridan and then pushes Beth on him again. Like, his, his parting words to Luis are, Beth is the perfect woman for you. There's no one better. The yeah, greatest. Yeah. He tells he tells Luis you should get back together with Beth. Yeah. Because Luis has decided, you know what? I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to make a life with a woman and 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 do this thing. So yeah. Hank's like, let me pawn Beth off on this guy so I can nail Sheridan. Yeah. Because he's gross. So let's talk about the conversation Sheridan has with Ethan real quick. Yeah. Um, because Ethan basically sides with Luis 100%. He's like in the trial as if i was his lawyer i would say there were extenuating circumstances good one ethan did you learn that at law school or did you learn it on law and order i would say there was extenuating circumstances and any jury that hears the story would say that he acted heroically yep what this is your aunt and let me say this sheridan says Luis has never bent the rules for anyone else Remember, Pilar told a story about how she jaywalked and Luis wrote her his own mother a ticket. Mm-hmm. And Sheridan's right. Luis has never bent the rules for anyone else, let alone broken them full out. Broken the law. Broken the law. Mm-hmm. And he deserves a taste of his own medicine. Yeah. So they're having this whole conversation. Sheridan ta- is talking with him and she's feeling guilty about the charges because she she um doesn't want. She didn't she didn't want this, right? She didn't mm-hmm. want him to lose his job. She didn't want any of this. Because as you have pointed out, the show has rewritten that the reason that she had him arrested was something petty and not because of the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of it that way, yeah, it's kind of it's fucked up. He's going to lose his job and there's going to be uh, hardships on his whole family because of this. Yeah. Um, so she's feeling guilty and Ethan says, well, let me see what I can do. You know, I'm the crane heir. Let me, let me see if I can pull some strings. Well, and he is a lawyer. Yeah. You know, like he, he knows his way around that whole thing more than anybody else. Yeah. So he says, let me see, go see what I can do about having the charges dropped. Then Julian comes in and he's got a lot of pep in his step as he often does when he has blundered and fucked up. (laughs) 
he, he haven't you noticed that he <laughs> always true. like goes does some dumb 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 shit and comes back with so much pep in his he's fucking like, step I fixed it <laughs> he's such it's a like, moron you made it worse he's such an idiot so he comes <laughs> back and then Ethan comes in and sa- announces that the charges have already been dropped by none other than Julian Crane. What the fuck is going on, wonders Sheridan. Why would you go help the man you hate? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. And Julian's like, oh, well, Alistair doesn't want the family dr- family name dragged through a ghastly trial. We're going to be on the front of every paper, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he gives her a bunch of bullshit. And yeah. she's like, I guess I have to accept this this answer but uh, it still doesn't feel right yeah well she she she's like this doesn't add up this doesn't make sense and so although sheridan doesn't sheridan has learned so she doesn't tell julian this time she just decides for herself the next time i see Luis, i'm gonna talk to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the next time she sees Luis is like 15 minutes later yeah <laughs> they're both they're both wandering along the wharf for the pier at different places thinking about each other and then they walk into each other's yeah and he try, and he tries to get away from her he's like I made a deal. I'm going to leave. And she's like, but I want to tell you what happened before I left Harmony. So he's like, okay, I'm going to stick around. (laughs) He's ready to hear. He's like, fuck that. Fuck that fucking whatever deal I made with Julian. This is what I really want. And honestly, at the end of the day, Sheridan is the person with the actual power. Yeah. She, she pressed the charges. She's the person with the power. Yeah. So like if she decides to drop the charges, it doesn't matter what Julian and Alistair say or do. I imagine. Yeah. Like the law is the law at a certain point, but whatever. Uh, So she's wanting to tell him she's about to tell him. And Julian just happens to walk onto this scene. This guy, where did he come from? He emerged like Batman out of the fucking shadows. He was headed to the jazz club, was he not? Oh, I think you're right. I think he was. Because everybody's going to the jazz club. Yeah, he wanted to go be lascivious and go hit on some singers. Mm -hmm. He loves a jazz singer, that man. So in order to get Luis away or get Sheridan away from Luis, he comes in and he pulls her away. He chastises her for humiliating herself for a man who has no interest in her and makes her tries to make her feel very, very, very small. And then says, father wants to speak to you. You need to talk to him right now. And she's like, right now I can call him later. He's like, no, you must speak to father now. So she makes this ridiculous phone call. And I, I, I imagine Alistair, when he got the call, was like, I guess I should play along. <laughs> this is some bullshit Julian's come up with. Yeah, did we hear no. her? No, okay. So this was a device to get Sheridan away so that Louis, or so that, um, what's his name, Julian, could talk with, with Luis. So Julian could say really racist things to Luis. I wrote down one of them. He said, if you try to insinuate yourself into Sheridan's life, I'll have you back in jail before you can say enchilada. So fast you won't have time to say enchilada fucking racist mm-hmm. he says some racist shit mm-hmm. and Luis takes it and then Luis says uh i wrote they, they recap by whisper fighting yeah <laughs> Luis says i want to know what sheridan why sheridan turned on me and julian says we had a deal and it did not include an explanation from me or sheridan and then julian gets racist again and he says or is it true that your people don't always keep their word and Luis snatched him the fuck up because Luis had had it yeah and i had too officially and i so i had never heard this stereotype i guess this is a stereotype about latinx folks but i yeah julie or Luis was like no nah, i'm done with this now we're not doing this anymore yeah also like the thing about stereotypes or like racist people in general is they will just say anything it doesn't yeah. even have to be a real stereotype they'll just say anything to disparage a, a person of a, a certain background or a certain race so mm. like he, you know, he said it to get under Luis's skin. He miscalculated because Luis snatched him the fuck up. And, yeah. and he was like, oh, 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 I was just, I've just heard that. I, I, that's not how I feel. Blah, blah, blah. 
so he does say though you still you have to keep your distance and you have to keep up your end of the bargain and so then Sheridan comes back after a very pointless call with Alistair that she was very annoyed about having to have (laughs) I was too and then she tries to continue her conversation with Luis but Luis says I gotta go he got a call to go back to the police station yeah because he's back on the force now that those charges have been dropped so he's got he's got a piece out and so once he leaves Sheridan's very disappointed that he didn't want to talk to her and Julian goes what did you expect he doesn't give a damn about you Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. also uh, Antoine arrives in harmony Antoine arrives in harmony to kill Sheridan tonight he has this night Sheridan tonight this very night and Ethan actually invites Sheridan to go to the jazz club with him and Teresa and Whitney, but she declines and she just happens to be walking by the payphone that Antoine is talking on, on with Roger. So she is in his sights. Yep. 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 All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about magic really quickly. Yeah. I don't have much to say. No, me either, but I got a couple of good things, but we've got some things to say. All right, here we go. Everyone in Harmony has gathered at the book cafe to compliment Kay on her new haircut and also for a prom planning committee meeting. They eventually decide to have prom 2000 on a boat. Charity has her most amazing premonition yet. That's it. It's yeah. a quick one. It's a great one too. I'm on a boat. I'm, I'm on, on a, a boat. boat. Yeah. I'm on a boat. I can't wait. <laughs> I got my swim trunks and, and my, my flippy floppies. floppies. You're at Kinko's straight up flipping copies. I'm flipping burgers. You at Kinko straight flipping copies. Yeah, they, they're going to have I've got prom my on nautical a, theme, Pashmina Afghan. They are going to have prom on a motherfucking boat. I'm on a motherfucking I'm boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, doing so let's just talk about this stupid ass committee meeting very quickly. So they all gather together. There's a large group of people. Kay calls everybody fucking geeks. Every, She's being awful. Every single person in Harmony is at the book cafe. Yeah. And for so this meeting. They're trying to figure out where they should have the boat. I mean, have the boat. <laughs> where they should have the prom. And Kay makes multiple suggestions that get more and more problematic. So like the first suggestion, which is a reasonable suggestion, is the Seascape restaurant. It's nice. It's on the water. And one girl who happens to be in a wheelchair goes, well, they don't have a wheelchair ramp. We can't have it there. And Kay under her breath to Simone is like, why does she even want to go to prom? Like she can't, why does she, she even want to go to a dance? She can't dance. Is yeah. It's supposed to be a joke. It was horrible. And then Ugh. I think the whole, I think the entire, this entire exchange was to show us just how awful Kay is and how think, self-centered Kay I is. I think so. Because the next thing that happens is two guys, who, I think they're supposed to be gay, but they're just dressed very preppy are like, well, I think that we need to evaluate if we want to have a king and a queen because that's sexist. And why couldn't there be two, two, king. two kings? And Kay then calls them queens, yeah. but not in like a fun yes queen kind well, of way. It only work. It only works if you know the people and your y'all are friendly and you're, if yeah. you're an ally, if you if you are part of the fucking tribe, it only works if you're part of the fucking right, tribe. Right. And like, I happen to, yeah, Kay's not a part of the tribe. No. And she said it in a disparaging way. Yes. It wasn't funny. It wasn't cute. And what they were saying was very valid. They were like, w- what about the possibility of having a same-sex um, prom court? Yeah. You know? And she, yeah, she said some bullshit about that. Then... She suggests that they have, this was the dumbest one of all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she suggests that they have a Cowboys and Indian themed prom at the Red Man Lodge. And um, a student who I assume is First Nation stands up and says, nah. <laughs> He's like, like, that's offensive AF. He says, everything you just said 
is incredibly offensive. Yeah. And McGill, McGill, McNell, McNell agrees and goes, yeah, not cool. K. <laughs> not actually, cool. K. That should be the name of the episode. Not, yeah. Not, not cool. cool K. K. Actually, you're right. It should be. Yeah. Not cool. K. Um, so she then she's like, well, I guess I'm just not up to speed on all this political correctness. They really like made her into a Fox News anchor. They really, <laughs> <laughs> they really did. But it, I also I just want to say very quickly, Kay has cut her hair. She has now she has layers and like a little bit of a side bang going on, and every single person compliments her. Yeah, and it didn't look that different to me. But I remember I told you this, but I remember. My mom used to cut our hair. So the first time I went to a salon, I was like 15, 16. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get layers because I had always had like just one length. Oops. Just like my hair was all the same length, like terrible. It was bad. And so I got my hair cut and I was like so excited. And a few people like complimented me on it. And it was and it just meant the world to me. So like having Sam's reaction, for example, where he's like, oh, honey, you look beautiful. And he gives her a little kiss on the cheek. And everyone's like, I love your new haircut, Kay. You look so mature. You look so grown up. Like, I thought it was really nice. No, I want, I wanted nothing. When I was her age, I wanted nothing more than people to tell me how nice my haircut looked. I I get it. I so get it. (laughs) That really meant something to you. It really did. (laughs) I get it, man. And me over here, I was just like, I can't tell she had a haircut. I mean, I obviously she had a haircut, but I was like, it doesn't look that different. Well, it's funny because now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, it kind of like looks the same. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, there's obviously a little difference, but it didn't warrant as big a reaction as it received. Yeah. <laughs> so they spend hours out, literal hours trying to figure out where to plan this, have this prom, which is insane to me because how many fucking places could there possibly be in harmony? Also, the prom committee is not that big. Well, I mean, Ours wasn't. I was on student council and like we we like put together a prom committee and that was it. Like literally the whole town is there. Sam and Grace are there. Tabitha and Timmy are there. There I don't, I don't know. Thirty students yeah. are there. I guess it depends yeah. on how big it, Harmony High is. I guess is. it depends. And it seemed like they were able to just join the the committee. But also there was no teacher. There should have been. A, there there's a teacher there's who's supposed to teacher. be involved. I think Grace where was is Mrs. Crump? To, where is TC? Where's Mrs. Crump? He works at that fucking school. He's at the hospital. Some girl's baby. So it's some, some slut. <laughs> sure wouldn't want that slut to be the mother of my children. <laughs> um. So anyway, they spent hours trying to figure out where should we have this place, whatever. And the, literally the only person who comes up with anything is Kay. So on one hand, I was like, it's very annoying that she keeps coming up with all of these things. But it's also annoying that nobody else has anything to say. They keep shooting down all of her fucking ideas. Yeah. And then and, make and, and then like have no ideas of their fucking own yeah offer up nothing at all like not even a mcdonald's like yeah. nothing so then they go on like a break and charity has a, a, a horrible premonition about a disastrous prom on a boat and she like out loud goes we can't have prom on a boat and tabitha overhears this she's like ding 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 got it and so she goes to Kay and says i've got an idea. i can't do tabitha i've got an idea i can't do it i've got an idea Deary, Deary, what about prom on a boat? A prom on a boat. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. Anyway, just do a little like creaky nasalness. <laughs> you just did charity. I'm gonna. <laughs> we should have prom on a boat. We no, can't. she, she, we, we can't. We can't have. I can do charity. I think it's tap this off. Tough one for me. We can't have because I I don't know. <laughs> we can't have pro. Now she's pro Julie Annabelle. Julie Andrews over here. Oh, <laughs> we can. I can't do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We need to do a post show all about accents. 
Okay. You, you trying to do these voices. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, so... Oh, Tabitha overhears this. She's like, got it. Ding, ding, ding. Let me go put this in Kay's fucking ear. She tells Kay. Kay takes takes it, runs with it like it was her fucking idea. She's like, I've had a great idea. Definitely didn't hear from that old lady over there with the fucking doll. <laughs> Why don't we have prom on a boat? And after she says it, everybody's like, that's great. This was this is a great idea. And Charity happens to come in on this after everybody's agreed. And she's like, we can't have prom on a boat. And everyone pushes back. And Charity has no backbone. And so she agrees. She gives into the pressure, even though Miguel like was like, if you don't want to have prom on the boat, we can keep going. Even though we've all just agreed. Fucking Miguel. <laughs> but Charity relents. And uh, we learn that Harmony High's prom 2000 will be on a boat. It's going to be on a motherfucking boat. And it's going to be a gut. It's going to be insane. Well, the premonition we saw was nuts. Someone fell overboard. Sam and Grace are in tears. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Disco ball is in the water. It's in the water. It's yeah. like it, like the lights are um, flickering and then mm. go out. Like it look it looks it actually it kind of looks terrifying. Yeah. All right. So that's it for magic. Yes. Yes. Let's quickly go to the jazz club. Yes, please. All right. At the club that night, everyone in harmony ends up at the jazz club. Teresa wants Crystal to sing the perfect song to make Ethan realize his feelings for her. Chad tries to get some answers out of Crystal, but she keeps dodging questions. Kay and Simone show up as moral support, but also to spend time with the handsome Chad. Then the adults start wandering in. Eve is not happy to be at the club and is also very upset to learn that Crystal is still in town. Julian decides to relieve the good old days hitting on jazz singers, and Ivy shows up to see what Julian is up to. When she sees Sam, she sidles up to him and threatens Eve with blackmail once again. That's everything. You That's did it. it. That's like, it. Seriously, that was that was so great. Thank you. Yeah. It's two pages of notes, so getting it into like five sentences was hard. Yeah. I mean, I have a page and a half-ish yeah. of the notes at the jazz club, but yeah, T- Teresa asked Crystal to sing her song. Crystal's like, you got it, girl. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know that song. It's yeah. a great one. I'll, I'd be happy to sing it. Yeah. And uh, then she, Crystal actually meets Whitney and asks her if she's related to Dr. Eve Russell. And Whitney says that's her mother. And so, you know, Crystal can see the family resemblance. Yeah, she sure can. Yeah. And she she comments to herself. Crystal's like, wow, Eve, you did it. Your family knows nothing about you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she pretends that she only knows Eve as a doctor. Yeah. And when he's like, yeah, my mother would never be caught dead at a jazz club. <laughs> Why are they acting like jazz clubs are seedy places? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Is like that's not a trope. And I wonder because you know jazz was it used to be like a thing that was not a proper place for people to be, you know, in the 20s and the 30s. Um but it's the year 2000. Right. Jazz is like academic music now. Yeah. I don't that's that's why Especially as people who have music degrees like and don't yeah. understand. I've sat in on plenty of, of jazz everythings. And I, I think of like jazz clubs as like classy places. Yeah. Classy joints. Classy where, joints. Where the fucking cocktails cost $20. Seriously. Shit. And you got to pay a, a, a fee to go in because the band is making money. Yeah, and, there's yeah. a cover. And sometimes you might not even be able to find where they are. Like it's a fucking speakeasy. Like it's just exclusive yeah it's, it's odd to me that they're trying to make it out that jazz clubs are an, an unsavory place to be yeah but again they had 
they had Eve dressed up like Billie Holiday. Right. right. So <laughs> th- there's some dissonance here. Yeah. Right. Like the, it's either either is the we're thinking of jazz clubs as like the 20s or we're thinking of them in the year 2000. And like, I think what happened is they couldn't just have it at a strip club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eve should have just been a stripper. I think is what happened is like, well, we can't do this at a strip club. So we'll make it jazz jazz <laughs> the next the next seediest thing and jazz. all that jazz and all that jazz start the car i know a whoopee spot where the gin is cold and the piano's hot it's just the noisy hall where there's a nightly brawl and all that jazz Man, I love Chicago so fucking much. It's a rare movie musical where the movie is actually better than the stage production. Oh my god, so so good. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry, we way off track. We way off track here. We got to get back to Eve and these. We're people. We're actually on brand. We're on brand for us, and we're on track because Eve was a jazz singer. That's so true. We're That's good. True. That's true. We're Gucci. All right, so uh, Kay and Simone arrive at the club and see Whitney talking to Chad, and Simone and Kay are convinced that Whitney has feelings for Chad, but she denies it again, right? And uh, Whitney actually accuses Simone of deliberately disobeying Eve by even being at the jazz club with Chad. Mm -hmm. Because Whitney's like, I'm here with Teresa. Chad just happens to be here. You came to see him. Yeah. (laughs) And and mom and dad know that I'm here. They know I'm here with Teresa and and it's not a problem. I'm not the one doing anything wrong. Yeah. So uh, TC, Eve, Sam and Grace all arrive. They do the whole thing with the bartender that we already talked about. Eve thinks Crystal has left town, but the bartender break like really bursts her bubble. She's like, oh, no, Crystal's going to be on for her set in about five minutes. <laughs> and she's like, fuck. Yeah. So I said, Eve at all, find a table. And then she rushes off to the bathroom. But really, she's just trying to find Crystal and, mm-hmm. and confront her and scare her away. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chad is like talking to Crystal and she just will not tell him anything. She won't. She she says, you deserve to know the truth. But I'm like getting ready. I have to go on and sing in, in a minute. So like, can we do this later? I need to go through details. I want to make sure I get the whole story straight. We need to go step by step. Like, I can't do it now. Eve's going to stab her. Before she can ever talk to Chad. <laughs> she, she, you remember she had her fucking knife. She had that paring knife. Eve's going to stab her, hit her with her car, something. She's going to haul some strawberries and then murder Crystal. If you won't leave, I'll take you out. <laughs> You're going out one way or one another, way Crystal. One way or the other. So, um, <laughs> poor, poor Crystal. Uh, Eve. God, Eve is evil. I'm sorry. Evil Eve. Evil, evil Eve. Uh, so, yeah. Chad's like, okay, fine, whatever. He goes back to the table. Then... Eve has a conversation with Crystal and she begs Crystal, you got to leave. You have to leave. You can't. Please, Crystal, do not go on this stage. If you go out there and anybody puts two and two together, my life is over. Over. And Crystal tells Eve, I met Whitney. I met your daughter. She reminds me so much of you at that age. And that really sets Eve off because she's like, she's nothing she like me. She can't be like me. And uh, she says uh, that, you know, if you go out there and sing, I, I might as well be dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I'm God. like, what the fuck? And, and Crystal levels with Eve. She's like, look, just tell TC. 
Yeah. Like, he's going to find out. You can't run away from your past. The truth will eventually come out. Just tell your Just husband. come clean to your husband about everything. He deserves to hear the truth from you. He's going to hear it one way or another. And then that'll take the power from Ivy because she's told her that Ivy is blackmailing her and all of this. She, I mean, she unravels until, again, is telling this woman all of her fucking secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal now knows more than she knew before. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. So then Crystal goes on and does her fucking set, as I would have as well. Of course. Shit, these people are paying me. Ivy arrives to the jazz club and is pleasantly surprised to find Sam there, but is pissed that Eve has lied to her because she sees that they're there with um, Eve and uh, TC. So, of course, Grace invites Ivy to come and sit down with them, much to everyone's dismay. Yeah, they're not happy about this. Uh, And Ivy is sitting there trying to canoodle with Sam. There's this whole thing with the chairs. It's annoying. And uh, Eve, when Eve leaves, I think everyone is kind of like annoyed with Ivy. But Ivy eventually gets up to follow her. And this is where everyone else decides to leave. Yeah. Like Sam is like, okay, Ivy's gone. He grabs Grace and walks Let's out. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they're sitting at the table and Ivy is like quietly tormenting Eve going, I have got the pictures in my purse, yeah. Eve and blah, blah, blah. And that's what pushes Eve to get up from her table i think we're good yeah so because eve is like in and out in and out so tc's like well she's not interested in this and so when eve leaves again and ivy follows her sam grabs grace they bolt and then we follow eve and ivy Mm -hmm. to the bathroom where they have the same conversation they have had for 30 episodes and it's beautiful as much as it always is Mm -hmm. it was gorgeous Mm -hmm. uh ivy follows her threatens to show tc the pictures eve calls her bluff this time and says in the most beautiful way she says go ahead go and tell tell the whole damn world i don't care anymore i'm tired of being blackmailed it's over ivy there's no more secrets but if my secrets come out so are yours sister it was good I was like, that's my girl. That's my girl, <laughs> Evil Eve. I think we, I, I, you know what? I would like Evil Eve if she was just evil all the time. Like, I think I would like 20 years ago Eve better than this current oh, Eve. Oh, absolutely. Because 20 years ago, Eve was authentic. Yeah. It was her real self. Yeah. Her true, real, authentic self. Absolutely. Yeah. So this whole thing happens. The evil Eve is evil. Eve is evil because she's like trying to hide her authentic self. Yeah. And she's doing evil things to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of that's happening. Meanwhile, Kay and Simone have spotted their parents and are trying to sneak out in the dumbest way possible. The dumbest way possible. These two dumb girls. They take a tablecloth and are crawling underneath of it across the floor. And they can't really see where they're going. So they go right up to Sam and Grace who have gotten up to leave. Yeah. And they pull the tablecloth off and reveal these two daughters. So they're in trouble. So they're caught. Uh, So... Let's talk about Ethan at this club. Okay. And Julian at this club. Okay. I want to make love in this club. Hey. <laughs> in this club. Hey. In this club. Because Julian is trying to make love. Ethan is trying to stop Julian from trying to make love. <laughs> to Teresa. <laughs> so Teresa has, is her song's coming up. Meanwhile, Ethan has spotted his parents and thinks they came together, but then quickly realizes that neither of them know that the other one is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck's going on between the two of you? Number one. And then at the bar with Julian, Julian just says some like really, really gross things about Teresa and then insinuates that he's going to dance with Teresa. He's like, if you won't dance with her, then I will. If you, if you won't fill her up on the floor, then I will. Like, Ugh. And so Ethan uh, says, 
no. So Julian's about to go over. Ethan cuts him off and goes to dance with Teresa first. Mm-hmm. And Teresa, of course, thinks this is because of the song that Crystal is singing. She's like, it's happening. It's, it's happening. It's happening. It's finally happening. And then they dance. They dance. That's and I don't remember the tune, but the words are, I know, don't bother me. I know I said, don't bother me. I know I said this could never be. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch it. But those are those are the lyrics of this song. Yep. So he pl- he dances with Teresa to this perfect song that Teresa has picked out. And he is definitely falling deeper and deeper in love with her. Oh, for sure. And I mean, the fact that he he was trying to protect Teresa from Julian, but he also was very um um, territorial I feel like of Teresa like no mm. you're not gonna dance with her she's my girl oh. mm-hmm. I don't she's think it was girl. just I don't think it was just like I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep her from you or him I'm trying to keep you from her I think it was like I want to keep her for myself mm. you know yeah I mean I think there are also a variety of ways to keep Julian from dancing with Teresa and one of those options is to dance with her yourself and I think it was just the convenient one that also satisfied his own desires so mm-hmm. yeah I get it so that's it for the day, yes? That's, that's all, all she, she wrote. wrote. All right. So everyone, remember, you can always catch us on our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all at Passions Podcast. We also have Twitter, at Podcast Passions. You can send us an email. We are passionspodcast at gmail.com. And check out our website, passionspodcast.com. You can get in touch with us there. You can check out some cool merch. Episodes are up of the show yep and check out the post show on our youtube channel yeah all right so i think that's everything if you don't have anything else to say nope all right then let's do it you are my passion for life (laughs) i almost i felt the spirit move me i almost did that too